Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. It's hard to imagine the clock going backwards at this point. The nation of Israel is surrounded by her enemies, and our government is touting a peace treaty coming soon. Friends, the time is short. We know that the Bible is clear about the peace treaty that will be made with Israel in the very last days. Could it be that this is the very peace treaty we've been waiting for? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on January 27th, 2019. Today, I want to talk about what seems to be on the horizon geopolitically, particularly as it relates to Israel. Usually the prophecy updates are centered around the Middle East, in particular Israel, And the reason for that is we see Israel as God's prophetic clock. I would argue that the world, like never before, is being readied, even steadied, for peace that will ultimately lead to war. Let me say the same thing in a different way. It does seem that the world today is being prepared or readied for peace. It'll be a false peace, a pseudo-peace. And this peace will be the catalyst that will lead to sudden destruction in the form of a war, and really wars. It will ultimately lead to war. I'll begin by drawing your attention to two specific Bible prophecies. One is in the Old Testament, one in the New, and we'll start with the New. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, a verse I'm sure you're very familiar with. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, While people are saying, peace and safety, or as some translations render it, peace and security. It's the same word in the Greek, asphalia, that is translated safety or security. So while people are saying peace and security, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. So, in other words, this destruction is going to come in unison with 
people saying peace and security and when not if it comes, it will be like these labor pains which come in greater frequency and intensity. The Old Testament prophecy is in the book of Daniel, chapter 8, verse 25. It says, and through his policy, his policy, that of the Antichrist's policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and, listen, by peace shall destroy many. Peace. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, speaking of Jesus Christ, but he shall be broken without hand, speaking of that time when he is ultimately defeated by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The reason I begin with these specific prophecies is that they speak to how the ensuing destruction comes by way of this peace. In other words, there will first be this insatiable quest for peace and security, but in the end, it will ultimately lead to sudden destruction. I am personally of the belief that we are seeing these things begin to come to pass, which means that it's only a matter of time. And if you'll hear me out, I want to explain how I get there and why it is that I say that. Let's start with this Arut Sheva report about U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo saying that President Donald Trump's long-awaited Middle East peace plan efforts will begin, interesting word, quote, immediately (laughs) following the Israeli elections this April, which is scheduled for April 9th. While I realize that this is not necessarily breaking news, what is interesting is that Pompeo also said, Ultimately, the Israelis and the Palestinians will have to come to an agreement. In other words, it is a foregone conclusion that there will be an agreement. Well, seems that the pressure is on the Trump administration and it's mounting. And it's evidenced by this Jerusalem Post article about how Jared Kushner is planning Trump's peace push before the heat of the 2020 presidential race. According to the Post, Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, who is leading the peace team, will be a public face of the effort while also leading the private push for a resumption of talks He then reportedly plans on being involved in Trump's re-election bid once the general campaign enters full swing in the spring of 2020. Stay with me. 
Notice the timeline. Nothing's going to happen until April 9th. But immediately after the elections in Israel on April 9th, peace plan. And oh, by the way, they might have to because they need enough time after April of this year and the beginning of next year when the presidential campaign is in full swing. So let's see if my math is right. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, let's call it January, February. So we got 11 months, the better part of a year. Something is going to have to happen, and we're told that ultimately they will have to accept something. They may not like this, but they're going to have to accept something. Well, the jury may be out on when the peace plan is unveiled, and certainly the jury may be out on whether or not said peace plan will be successful. But there's no question that the verdict is in concerning the threat of war from Iran in Syria. According to Al-Arabiya, the commander of Iran's air force, Brigadier Aziz Nasir Zadah, said that Iran will, quote, eliminate Israel from the earth. This comes after Israel's military said on Monday it struck Iranian Quds targets inside Syria and warned Syrian forces not to attack Israeli territory or forces. Now, (laughs) I realize that any breaking news concerning Israel and what is happening on its northern border there in the Golan with Syria, with Iran, with Russia, Turkey at all, is eclipsed by virtue of what is happening here in America. And please don't misunderstand me. I realize that it is a very serious problem that we are facing in our country. We are, as one said, in unchartered territory with what is happening on the eve of the State of the Union and the government shutdown and the all-out war, sadly, between the Democrats and the Republicans. I don't want to get into that, but it does play into what we're talking about today. As you might imagine, Israel will never sit idly by in the face of any threat, especially a threat coming from Iran. Al-Arabiya published another report about how Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel's airstrikes on Syria on Monday had mainly targeted military positions set up by Iran, which he warned would face consequences for threatening to destroy Israel. Quoting Netanyahu, We are operating both against Iran and against the Syrian forces that are abetting the Iranian aggression. We will strike at anyone who tries to harm us. Whoever threatens to eliminate us bears full responsibility. Make no mistake about it. These are not just threats of war. 
they are to be taken very seriously and rightfully so. On Thursday, Ynet News published a report based on an annual assessment of security challenges done by the Institute for National Security Studies, INSS, in which they conclude that Israel could face military conflicts on three different fronts, Syria, Lebanon, and the Gaza Strip at the same time in 2019. That's this year. We're on the cusp of February 1st this week. And the timeline is already in place and the clock is already ticking. And I will liken it to this having a shelf life, an expiration date, if you will. In other words, something has got to happen. And it doesn't stand a reason, as far as I'm concerned, that it's going to be delayed any longer because it cannot be delayed any longer. So if Israel's facing this three-front war sometime this year, and it really comes first and foremost by way of Syria. Is that not what we're told is going to happen in Isaiah 17, verse 1, about the complete and total destruction of Damascus, Syria? And doesn't it also comport with what we know about the prophecy in Ezekiel 38, that at the helm of this alliance of nations are Russia, Iran, and Turkey, but there's no mention of Syria? Could it be that this three-front war explains the absence of Syria, Isaiah 17.1, Lebanon, my birthplace, not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. It explains the absence of all the surrounding peoples, if you will. I suppose we shouldn't be surprised by this Times of Israel article about information warfare, global warming, and the danger of nuclear war bringing us as close to destroying the planet as ever as the symbolic doomsday clock stayed at two minutes to midnight. The Times quotes the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists as saying that humanity now faces two simultaneous existential threats, either of which would be cause for extreme concern and immediate attention. You know what's interesting to me is almost like the world, the unbeliever has a better grasp on the urgency of the hour in which we live than does the believer. What really caught my attention about this article, and this is why I wanted to share it, is that they quote Jerry Brown. He's the executive chair of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists and former governor of California. I'm quoting now. The blindness and stupidity of the politicians and their consultants is truly shocking in the face of nuclear catastrophe and danger. We are almost like travelers on the Titanic 
not seeing the iceberg up ahead, but enjoying the elegant dining and music. Brown, the article goes on, also took issue with journalists who report on every word the U.S. president utters on social media. That, my friend, is a full-time job. (laughs) Journalists, yes, you love Trump's tweets. You love the news of the day, Brown says. You love the leads that get the clicks. But the final click could be a nuclear accident or mistake, and that is what we all have to be worried about. Oh my, sounds like sudden destruction to me. Sounds like it could happen suddenly coming upon them and they will not escape. Dare I say that we may very well be one click away? I believe we are. I don't want to sound sensational or provocative, but this is how I live my life. Week in, week out, day in, day out. I am keenly aware, and by the way, I have no unfinished business. I'm living my life like the Lord could come back today. I will have no regrets if that trumpet sounds. I'm as ready today as I would be if it's not 10 years from today. That's how I want to live my life, occupying until he comes. But it's living your life in such a way that you realize that it's one click away. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Let me take it a a step further and we'll bring it in for a close. Think this through with me. One click away from a strike on Damascus, Syria, that totally destroys that city, becoming a ruinous heap. Now, subsequent to that strike, Russia, Iran, and Turkey invade Israel to take a spoil. One click away. You know how you double-click on the mouse? You'll forgive the computer metaphor or the trackpad or whatever your device is. That first click leads to the second click, and then everything just opens up and goes down. That's how close we are. We're one click away. And this is why we do these weekly prophecy updates, because we're that close. It's also why we end with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the ABCs of salvation, which is a childlike, simple explanation of how to be saved. What do you mean? Saved from eternity in hell. What? Yeah. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish in hell for all eternity, but would be saved and be in heaven with him for all eternity instead. That's the gospel. The good news of salvation in Jesus Christ the good news is, is that Jesus came and died on that cross in our place. He was buried and rose again on the third day, and he's coming back one day. That's the good news. That's the gospel. How do you respond? It's so childlike simple. Please know that whenever we do these ABCs of salvation, we wish in no way to insult anybody's intelligence. Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And I, for one, am so glad that the gospel was childlike simple, because if it was complicated, I don't know that I would have ever got saved. I mean, think about it. Aren't you glad that the gospel, to get saved, you have to know quantum physics? Shoot me now. <laughs> I'm doomed, man. That's how I ha- that's how I could be saved? No. It's so simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned against a righteous and holy God. That you're a sinner, that you need a savior. Romans 3:10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. No one's a good person. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what actually the word sin means, by the way. It's an archery term. An archery term. You miss the mark. So if you were an archer in that day, and it's your turn, and you take the arrow, and you put it in the bow, and you aim for the bullseye, and you miss, you sinned. How's that one? (laughs) You sinner. You missed the mark. You fell short of the glory of God. You didn't make the bullseye. So what's the penalty? Oh, it's the death penalty. That's bad news, I know. But the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. I know that's not proper English. Please do not email me. For the wages, Romans 6.23 says, of sin is death. That's the penalty. But, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A, here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10.9 and 10 says, that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Wow, that's really simple. I know. So you're telling me that if I acknowledge my sin, turn to the Lord, put my trust in the Lord, believe in the Lord, and that God raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. Yeah. One more thing. You need to call upon his name and confess with your mouth. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. 
This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's prophecy update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this prophecy update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this Prophecy Update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.